What's up, Georgia football fans? You are listening to episode 357 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. My name is Scott Duvall, and on this post-game episode of the Georgia-UAB game, uh, where Georgia won 49-21, my two co-hosts, Will and Tony, will discuss what they saw. Now, Tony was at the game, Will was not at the game, so you get two different perspectives of a guy that was at the game and someone who wasn't. But before we begin, I'd like to thank our podcast sponsor, The Strickland Firm. Ryan Strickland, UGA grad of 99 and UGA law grad of 2003, spent the first decade of his practice representing some of the nation's largest companies and insurers, but now he uses that experience only to help those who have been injured by someone else. There are critical things that you need to do as soon as possible after an injury, so call The Strickland Firm right away for a free consultation at 770-420-9900. And now here's Will to get it all started. Hello, and welcome to the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. I think that's what they're called. I am Will Leach here, as always, on our day after podcast with the great Tony Waller. Scott, of course, is not here as usual, even though he, unlike me, watched the game live. I was at the Make-A-Wish Foundation uh, dinner uh, and fundraiser in Atlanta at the Intercontinental Hotel. Had a very good time. Beat some kids in Jenga. But I was able to watch the highlights and uh, do a lot of reading up. But I'm going to go ahead and let Tony drive most of the way on this one because I'm I'm an even more uninformed observer than usual uh, this morning. So, uh, Tony... Uh, you were at the game, seemed like another slowish start, not perfect, but again, they, they got the, they got the win. What, what, what's your top of the line takeaways from, uh, from the UAB win? Well, I mean, I think there are two things that I want you to, I think we should focus on first off. Um, I think the offense played, uh, better Um, I, you know, it's always interesting. I think there is there, there, and we'll, and we'll probably talk about this a little more at length. There are two types of fans when it comes to Mike Bobo. There are those that no matter what we do, it's never going to be enough because he's Mike Bobo. And then there are those that are playing, I am willing to see or I am willing to accept that Mike Bobo is not Todd Munkin, women, Jeff Munkin, whichever one it was. Or oh, and um that is that's probably okay. And uh, you know, the, the the first group, they're never going to be happy, regardless if you score 49 points, regardless if you come out throwing the ball. You know, open the game with a 36-yard pass play. You, um, you, you, you know, pass for 400 yards. Those people are never going to be happy. Um, and then on, on the flip side, um, I, I think defensively we are a team that is struggling to find its identity. And let's put aside for the second that we had six starters out, including two key starters. Bullard continued and. Uh, Mikhail, um was out also um, defensively. It uh, I, I think a lot of people want to focus on there. There were two drives. One was the, the two minute drill where they drove down right at the end of the half. And then there was another drive. Let me just check the drive chart to make sure I had the timing right of this. Um, there was another drive where they just really came, you know, went right down the field. I get where people are concerned about this team. And I think part of that concern will lies in the fact that we have seen an extraordinarily good team and the uh, kind of like the best team in football with without really rallying any asterisks uh, in 22. And we're used to seeing that level of play, and we're not seeing that level of play. 
Now, does that mean Georgia can't win the national championship? No, I don't think there is any like super great team out there. Maybe Washington uh, is playing that way right now, but I see a team that's still trying to figure out its identity that there are parts still trying to jive together, but still there's plenty good to win the rest of the games on the schedule. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. And I think you actually got a little bit, just kind of reading about it. You almost got uh, Kirby smart kind of uh, acknowledging this a little bit acknowledging. I think he said, we've yet to play a perfect game, which I don't, I don't think anyone would disagree with, but certainly uh, for the guy that's consistently said, I'm not worried. I'm not worried. And to be fair, it's not like he said he was worried now, but I think he acknowledged what we've all seen, which is, you know, and again, I'm curious, this might be worth uh, going into more detail when we, uh, for the preview of the Auburn game, I'm curious if we'd have seen this team before at the, at the, in the early Kirby days or the late Rick days, if we would be grumbling about it, <laughs> like, certainly I think that this is what happens when your team isn't perfect after you've won two national championships. Uh, they feel, what's the old thing about the frog in the boiling water? The idea that uh, you don't quite realize that. You know, at a certain level, we've seen this team be so good that when they're just sl- slightly not as dominant, everyone freak- freaks out too strong. But I think people are concerned. Um, I'm curious, to me, not just Kirby Smart saying that, but the fact that certainly what it looks to me, it looks like they finally just like, okay, we have Brock Bowers. Let's like use Brock Bowers to get us out of any potential jams. Uh, that may be something they're going to have to do. Certainly also they were short running backs in this game. So they had to yeah. throw it a little bit more. Do you think that was good for Beck? What do you think of Beck? The fact that they had to kind of lean on him a lot because they're running backs out and obviously lean on uh, Bowers as well. Yeah, I think that's, that's exactly right. And I think Kirby admitted as much as far as um, Bowers went, you know, I, I do think it's good for Beck. Um, I think it was Graham, uh, Graham coffee noted last week. It's something I've noticed when we watched the game last week is uh, in the second half, uh, uh, Bobo took away a lot of the, the calls that will allow some underneath, uh, underneath pass plays. Um, and that uh, that basically forced Beck's hand to go more down the field. And as Beck gets more confidence, uh, he will. We, we can talk about the overthrow. We definitely need to talk about the drops. But the reality is, is like, we're, we're still team fun and still team fun identity. And we... A lot of people are like, well, Georgia's depth and we should not be in this situation. I'm, I'm sorry that you feel that way. You're just wrong. There is uh, Georgia is the number one team in the nation with six starters out and is still winning games by you know double digit points. And the realistically, the closest thing to any sort of game that we would even be nervous about was a game in against South Carolina where. I think South Carolina played a great game offensively, not great game defensively. Georgia just didn't, didn't execute offensively. Now, are, is there going to come a game later in the season, either in the regular season or in the post game, where you can't play that game and expect to win the game? Yeah, absolutely. But there is also plenty of talent, especially if we can get some guys healthy, that opens it up. And one last thing about Beck. Uh, Beck is getting more confident in standing in the pocket despite a continued amount of pressure, but he's also getting a little better at figuring out, okay, I need to tuck the ball and run, or I need to move the pocket. That's growth, right? I mean, everybody's like, well, Beck's been in the system. You know, this is, Beck hasn't been in leverage situations. This is fourth game starting, right? He's he's done everything he's been asked to do with a couple of notable exceptions, but the most important thing 
and I will continue to believe this, is he's not turning the ball over. He's not forcing throws. He's not making bad decisions with the ball. And, you know, one of the things we could, was a recurring theme with Setson Bennett is that, oh, boy, he got away with a throw there. And we said, you know, there were a couple of throws he got away with. Beck's not making those throws. And I'm as long as Georgia is going to play efficient but not explosive football, I'm fine with that because you can't you, – you, you operate really close to the margins if you're not going to be explosive. That's harkening back to the way Kirby probably wanted to win. And, guys, we might have to accept the fact that's might be the way we have to win this year. Um, I, I, I'm not ready to say that. We're only a third of the way through the season. There's a lot of football left to be played. But what we saw yesterday was a, a very good team do a lot of things really well at times. And we just hadn't put the full game together yet. And we might not. And that might still be okay. When I kind of look at this game, again, not, not having watched it live, but reading about it and watching uh, the, the extended highlights, uh, I would say, I, I'll confess, I almost, like, to me, considering the running back, how there just weren't very many running backs and how much you had to, uh, Beck had to throw it, I'm almost more worried about the defense from, yeah. from this game. Are you? Yeah, so I, I'm glad you brought that up. So when I left that game, I was like, man, I felt like they really moved the ball against Georgia. And then I went back and looked at their drive charts. Um, they had that one drive of 70 yards. Uh, let's let's just talk about the starters. Let's not talk about the, ta- the, the touchdown at the end of the game. They had one drive of, of 70 yards. And that was it. They had, I guess you want to say against the starters, a drive of 55 yards and ended on turnover of downs uh, about the 25. But everything else was, you know, enough plays for a first down, but, you know, 14 yards, 13 yards, three and out. But And then the other thing was was the short field. And that's – we saw Muse cough up the ball, something that um, I guess if you're going to return every punt and every kickoff, that's a cost of doing business. <laughs> uh, I, I just I just think it is, right? I mean, I, I, I don't know how many returns he's had this season, but it's not unfair to say he's got 20, 23, 24 returns between punts and kickoffs, right? No, he's got to have more than that because yeah. we – we we had the ball punted to us six times in this game, right? So he's probably pushing 30, 35 returns. I am risk averse. I don't like that. But I think <laughs> coaches say, if you'll give me a touchdown and a fumble uh, out of every 35 returns, they'll probably take that. Uh, now, I, I did notice Kirby talking to him after the fumble. was like, look, there comes a point where you just got to realize, okay, I need to get on the ground. Let's, let's put the offense out there. Don't Because he did that did put us in a tough situation for essentially a, what, 36-yard field. The defense didn't cover themselves in glory in that that series. They looked really unprepared, and that I'm willing to put that on Muschamp and Schumann uh, for not having them um, not having them ready for kind of back against the wall. Hey, I know you just came off the field again. Let's get back out there and keep them from scoring or keep them to three. Um, but otherwise, um, I, I think the defense is still playing a little tentative. I, I, I maybe slow is not quite the right way. I think they're still relying on athleticism as opposed to um, execution and what's been taught. Uh, but I will also say, I felt like they played much more disciplined this game with a couple of important exceptions. One last thing about that, we're missing Bullard, missing Bullard bad. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I love some of the guys that got in there, uh, as far as how hard they play, Bullard's just a difference maker, uh, particularly on the back end. He basically allows you to cheat up some of the other, the other safeties, and for run support, and you, you you're not asking linebackers to do as much in coverage. And having Bullard in the back also allows you to 
to go man and man on man a little more just because he can cover so much ground and has such good instinct about where the ball's going. Okay, I want to talk a little bit more uh, about some of the stuff we learned from the SEC uh, this weekend. But uh, I think, I, I, from what I understand, I think we we still have a sponsor for this show. I believe I don't know, I don't entirely understand. It seems strange that someone would want to sponsor us, but we do have a sponsor. Yeah, so the Strickland firm in, in Marietta uh, at thestricklandfirm.com. Ryan Strickland, uh, my buddy who is a Georgia law grad, they handle exclusively personal injury claims. If you've been injured, please reach out to Ryan. We do appreciate Ryan's support this season for the Wait and Since Last Saturday podcast. Uh, he is our he's our podcast sponsor for the football season. We really appreciate it. You can reach him at eight four four GA Justice or thestricklandfirm.com. Okay, that's what, that's what I thought it was. I thought that's who it was, and I was correct. Get on, Will. Get yeah, on. my memory my memory did not fail me uh, in that regard. So looking on the landscape yesterday, um, I will say. I do not find myself, um, you know, you, you talked a little bit about how, you know, we may just have to accept that Georgia is just an imperfect team. That's really good. Um, that imperfect team. That's really good. There's not a single team on the schedule that it's, it's starting to think that none of them scare me even slightly. <laughs> if I'm being entirely honest, I was, I almost was ready to talk myself into like a, okay, it's a weekend Alabama team and Mississippi's going to come in. Nope. Nope, that's a, that we see. That is the same game we've seen from them so many times against Alabama. Um, what were your takeaways from the from everything else that went on in college football on Saturday? How and how it may or may not relate to George? Yeah, so I, I think let, let's let's start with Ohio State Notre Dame. Um, we got really lucky the way that game played out. Um, they were doing game breaks. Uh, thanks thanks to that game being almost a two hour first half, we were able to watch. Pretty much watched the end of that game on the big screen during the TV timeouts as the game was winding down, and everybody around me was universally rooting for Notre Dame. And my my abiding thought was Notre Dame wins this game. One of the four playoff spots is spoken for. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's still not, but Notre Dame wins that game. They have so much runway and still get in as a four seed. Um, it, now, having said that, I, I I also think it that winning that game for Ohio State does provide them some flexibility as well but I, I didn't get to see any of that game um but i would pay good money to watch lane kiffin and ryan day play golf together just because ryan day is such a head case to, i don't know if you saw his quote yeah he's he's a he's a lot man he's a, he's a delicate little orchid he is yeah. a delicate like I, I thought after the georgia game last year it was some uh, you know, look, I can disagree with it, but justifiable sour grapes over losing a hard fought game. No, it's just who he is. He's just, he, like, he really is like, I'm, I'm glad that guy is not my coach. Like I'll, yeah. I'll put it that way. Like he just, I don't, I don't, I think I don't like him. <laughs> like I think like, like I know college football coaches are different than you and I are and they're wired differently and all that comes with that. Um, but I don't think I would like hanging out with that guy. No, no. Although you could win a lot of money off him. I know you don't play golf, but you could be in his head within the first hole. <laughs> um, everything else, I think, was um, – so everybody's like, well, you know, LSU might still have this thing. And then, uh, you know, they have to kick a last-second field goal to beat uh, um, at Best Middle Road, Arkansas team. Alabama and Ole Miss. Alabama basically squatted on them in the second half. Um, Texas A&M maybe had the best win of the day outside of the Georgia game. Uh, at least within the SEC, um, you know, that they they handled their business. Um, 
Max Johnson stepping in there for Connor Wegman uh, to and connect for a touchdown with his brother, both Oconee County kids, um, to to beat Auburn. Um, you know, Kentucky gave up four touchdowns to Vandy. Florida struggled against Charlotte. Charlotte, a whole city. Um, <laughs> you know, I, it, it's interesting to me when you look around. I mean, every a lot of people are like, well, Southern Cal. Dude, Southern Cal gave up like 30-something points to Arizona State. 20, I'm sorry, 28 points to Arizona State. A one in three Arizona State. There were two other games that I think worth mentioning. First off, uh, Oregon taking care of this, all the business against Colorado. I have to give Deion Sanders credit. He said the right things after that game uh, in a way I wasn't kind of wasn't expecting. And Penn State making a statement in the Big Ten uh, planking Iowa was pretty eye-opening to me. And then Utah beating UCLA without Cam Rising. It's possible Utah and Washington, which is something I was harping on early in the season, uh, both of those teams could well be playing in the Pac-12 championship for uh, a college football playoff spot. Although the dream lives for the Cougars uh, beat yeah. a very good Oregon State team last time. Otherwise, it was a fun day. Uh, I'm sorry you missed the tailgate scene. It was weather was gorgeous. Um, as much as I love a 7:30 kickoff, it's a long day. It's a yeah, long day. It's a long day. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of getting after it. Uh, but we had fun. Had some friends from North Carolina. So a good friend of mine from college came down. A couple of listeners came by to say, "Hey, I really appreciate y'all stopping by and say hey." Um, and uh, and overall, um. Like Georgia's four and well, and I, I hate there are people that are disappointed that we're four and and not playing the way that in their heart that they think Georgia should play. But I revert back to the way I was in 2021, and I remain this way. I will take a series of ten to nine wins. It will be great for my heart, but I will take them because you give me what where we four and you give me uh, eleven more ten and wins. I will see the sunrise uh, over the Astrodome. It is also. Uh... I also feel obliged to point out that they're actually winning games by a lot more than 10 to nine. <laughs> like for all the worries and frustration, sure. like, still, like, sure? they're still cooking. Right. You know, I yeah. don't know. If, uh, um, okay. Well, we will, we will, we'll preview uh, the Auburn game, which will be very fun. While I have you, uh, do you have a prediction for the game time for the Kentucky game? This game has the feel of a mid afternoon game. Uh, so I think, I think CBS is going to pick up the uh, Alabama at Texas A&M game. Um, although I guess it could put us on again, I don't know. But it has a feeling of a mid-afternoon game on ESPN or something like that. Uh, what I've noticed with CBS no longer having an exclusive is oftentimes if there's a pretty decent game on CBS, uh, I'm sorry, a uh, pretty decent couple of pretty decent games, ESPN will counter-program the CBS games uh, on the ESPN. So that's my best guess. Just looking at the schedule, um, I, it, it's hard for me to imagine getting an, another night game just because there's a couple games there that I think one will be on the SEC network and then the SEC network in noon games. Uh, SEC network noon game is, is probably central uh, Michigan or central, whoever it is, Mississippi state. So that's a very long way of saying, I'm not certain, but it feels like mid afternoon. Okay. Like about three, three thirty four o'clock, something like that. Okay. That's, 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 that's kind of my platonic ideal time anyway. So that'll work out. Uh, that's the fingers crossed on that. And of course that Illinois will be Nebraska on Friday night. That's so I'll be, uh, whatever I'll be hung over from all the madness uh, against the Cornhuskers. Speaking of Nebraska, that's where I'll be this weekend. Uh, we'll be discussing that as well. When we You're taking young William, right? I'm taking young William to Nebraska. You know, I looked at the weather. It's going to be like 85 degrees in Nebraska this weekend. I cannot get any freaking fall. Driving me crazy. All this Midwestern wants, Miss Westerner wants is some fall, and I can't get well, it. Well, it's, it's awesome. William wasn't at the game this week because my kids were featured primarily on the screen. So, 
Oh, William was at the game. I was not at the game, but William was the game, and he was on the screen. <laughs> so, I was like, William, oh, all it was William, I thought. Yeah, I oh, saw yeah. William on the screen, yeah. and I, I thought, so our, our friend Wayne said, you know, or maybe Tiffany said it, uh, you know, if they were to put William with uh, Katie and Charlie, it would just be three and a half hours of them on the screen. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I, where I'm just saying, anytime you see someone on the screen, it's either a student, uh, one of our children, both, or Ugga. <laughs> That's just the only people that are going to be on the screen uh, is, is one of those things. Um, all right. Well, uh, we will be back and we'll be taping Tuesday night uh, to preview the Auburn game. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to uh, get together and uh, have some fun. So uh, have a good one, Tony. And until ne- on Tuesday, until Tuesday, go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. Like Will and Tony said, we will be recording our Auburn preview show on Tuesday night with a Wednesday morning published date. So uh, if you have any questions, feel free to send us uh, an email, wslspodcast at gmail.com, or find us on Twitter X. Twitter X, is that what we call it now? Twitter X is at wslspodcast. We will see you on campus in a couple weeks for the Georgia-Kentucky game. And as always, go dogs.